Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. That is still a tongue twister for me. I have a tough time with it, I think, every time. It's a lot of B's and P sounds all strung together. Yeah. I gotta do something about that. Fighting through it, though. Uh, that one was pretty smooth. we sm- switch it up next week? We can try it. Be on the lookout. Um, I'll do anything that gets you stumbling over words, and it's not that hard. So. I've noticed that. <laughs> this is episode 33. Is that right? I always forget. Wade and Ryan back with you in studio. Did you realize it was a leap year? I year? did know that. Did you know it before it was actually yes. the 29th? I had no idea. And I'm, I was buying something online and it was the 28th and then it was showing up on the receipt. Like it tells you that, I don't know, it's, the website had it as the 29th and I thought that was a mistake and I thought about it for a second. I was like, oh, it's actually a, it's a leap year. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's cool. Do you think that's cool? Yeah. Do you know every hundred years we skip the leap year? No. Yeah. A little fun fact. Our calendar is pretty weird. The yeah. things we have to do to make everything work, it's tough. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know who's in charge of that, but they're doing a good job because I couldn't do it. Uh, that was my Friday night, discovering we had a leap year. It's pretty exciting. Did crazy you realize – It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> leap years all over the place. Uh, Do you realize the Potters are eight and one? As of today, Monday. I, I did know that. First place, Cactus League. Should we print the shirts? I'll print the shirts. I wanted to print the shirts last year, yeah, and they we, came up short. I know. We tied. Um, or did they we tied? Second? They might have been in second with winning percentage. We'd have to look that up, too. Yeah, but I think this year we need to print shirts if they keep keep up this streak. They won 70 games last year after doing that. <laughs> uh, I need some shirts for something. I, need, I just want to print some shirts. So that was my next question. Do we care? Should we care? Yeah, why not? Yeah, if you can print the shirts, you always do it. <laughs> Who's the guy that said uh, if you can own a color, you do it? And that's why the Potter. That was like the main reason the Potteries went back to brown. I don't know. But it's like, like a famous. I like the take. Like a famous, well influential person. You probably Google that. Um, if if you have the chance to own a color scheme or just own a color, it's a easy yes. Like you always do that because that becomes identified with your brand forever. So you think about colors. Um, well, you think about like pinstripes, that's the Yankees. That's the first thing you think of. Or you think of um, like green and yellow, it's the A's. Right. And the, the Padres, black and orange is the Giants. It's the only ones. And then you think the Padres, you thought you thought kind of nothing. They had no identity before. And now it's finally they got brown back. And you think of brown, you're going to think of the Padres. You always own the color. Yeah. Were you able to figure out who that was while I was stalling? No, nothing okay. comes up. Uh. Take my word for it, though. The Brewers' new logo is up on the Pottery, on the MLB.com site for the standings, and the Padres are still in blue. So that bothered me, too. Same thing with ESPN. ESPN hasn't changed it. Really? At least they don't have, like, the little wave logo. Remember that oh, yeah. home plate one with the wave? I've yeah. seen that, I think, on Bleacher Report and some other places as, as recently as a couple years ago. Yeah, ESPN is just a blue SD. That's ah, really disappointing. Uh, big question out of the gate also before we get into what's on today's show. The spring training uniforms are not available for sale on the website. Did you notice that? Have you looked into buying one? Because they look amazing. I've not looked into buying one. I'm not a jersey guy. I'm not either, but I just wish they were available. I think the last Padres jersey I brought or bought was the Jake Peavy, uh, that blue alternate from the 2006 season. Okay. So that same logo we were just talking about, the Ocean Wave logo. Um, I need to go get a hat, but I can't. Order those hats online because why not? They fluctuate in size. You never know. If oh you yeah, get, you got to go try the hat on. Buying hats online doesn't work for me. Like buying shoes online too. I can't buy a shoe online because I don't want to take the time to carefully unwrap it, try it on. It doesn't fit. Send it back. Try on another pair. Wait two weeks. It's just no. I need to go try my shoe on. I don't know returning shoes to Amazon's pretty easy. I don't like returning. It. Then you have to wait another two weeks for it to come back. And then what if it still doesn't fit? True. I just want my new shoes, man. The hat, though, I do. I need Those to look into buying a goldfish. Why can't I just get them here? A uh, forty-year-old virgin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I was watching. I stumbled across that on like TNT this weekend. I think. Does it still hold up? I haven't seen it in a while. I think it does. Yeah. That was a long intro uh, leading up to on today's show. 
Big topic. Has Preller been doing a good job? This is year six coming up. So we are evaluating after his first five seasons. It's a make or break year. Like this is the time you start thinking or evaluating not just your players, which you're kind of always doing, but when you hire a new coach or in NFL, I think it's the coach pretty much. And in, in baseball, I think it's more on the GM if you can put the talent together. And after five years as GM of a team, your vision has to start coming, has to start becoming clearer and you start to expect results after five years. And so far we have not seen any results. His fifth year, the team won 70 games. So that's not a good sign. And we're going to talk more about what he's done specifically with some of these moves. And maybe, maybe in a year or two, it might be time to move on if they don't start winning. Also, who is standing out in spring training? So we've played nine games or we've watched our Padres play nine games. Who's standing out? What? Eight and one in the nine games. Yeah. Everybody's standing out. How are are you not standing out? uh, Minor league guys, non-roster invitees, who's going to make the club, who's not going to make the club, who's performing well, stuff like that. So we're going to get onto that in a second. But first, we're going to warm you up with a little... Are you, are you warming up to Brian Dozier? Because I might be. We, we smashed him last week. We did. And I might be... I don't know. He's, he's the girl at the bar that I walked in and was like, nah, I mean, she's pretty, but she would have been prettier five years ago. <laughs> um, not really into it. Not my, not my type. And now I've had a couple beers. It's like, yeah, you know what? I can, I can see it. Starting to get dozed? I can see it. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? Getting dozed? Did you just come up with that right now? I think so. I like it. <laughs> um, I didn't Initially, the, the move we thought was just dumb. What's the point of this move? We have all these guys. There's Jake Cronenworth. There's Jerkson Profar, who they just made this trade for. They got rid of Luis Arias. Greg Garcia is still looking around. Just why are we – Ty France. Why are we, why are we signing Brian Dozier – who's I think we're basically agreed on is pretty washed at this point in his career. And there are stats out there like, Oh, since 2015, he's the third best second baseman in OPS. Like, okay, well those big years were five years ago and four years ago. Elite chase rate though. We I kind of that up last week. Yeah, we did uh, him and Tommy Pham. We struck out in his first three at bats. Dozier. Yeah. He's been one of the top second basemen over the last five years, but those, Numbers are heavily skewed towards the the front end of those five years. The last two years, he's not been a good player. There's a reason why he was available when spring training was starting. So the only reason I'm considering this is because I'm very pro platoon. We've we've liked the platoon in right field. We were talking about, you know, Franchi Cordero and Will Myers platooning right field. We were talking earlier in the season about Grisham and Margot platooning center field. Now Margot's gone, but um I like platooning when it's appropriate. So guys like Hunter Renfro, guys like Will Myers, guys like Brian Dozier. So guys that have these extreme splits that are older veteran type players, you platoon them with someone. These are righties we're talking about. Platoon them with someone that's left-handed that hits righties really well. Limit their weaknesses. Yeah. You combine, like we saw how good Hunter Renfro was the first half of last year. And we got really excited. Oh, he's turned a corner. Well, he was also hitting mostly against lefties. Him and Fran Mil Reyes were kind of splitting the time there. When you limit their exposure against things they're not good at and kind of restricting them to things that you know they can excel, put them in the best position to win or to, to perform at, the, at a high level. And you're going to get two maybe average players that get put together, whose stats get put together and become one good player. And I would be okay with that with Brian Dozier. You got him on a sweet deal. And I know people have been saying this from the beginning. Yeah, you platoon him. He hits lefties really well. If we just limit him to lefties, he could have a decent, you know, 300 at bats this year. Can he play anywhere else in the infield or is he strictly second? Uh, It's off my head. I want to say no. Like, is this a move to get rid of Greg Garcia and he just becomes your utility infielder? No, because again, he only hits lefties. Okay, so he's not going to play shortstop. There's no, there's no chance. Right, and you're right, not going right. to ever bench Manny Machado in a platoon situation. Like, I don't know. Maybe he could play third base just if you want to give Manny a day off. 
Like anyone can do it for a day. Greg, yeah. Greg Garcia could play third for a day and he has. So could Ty France. But we have Ty France. We have other guys. So sure. and Jerks and Profar is a switch hitter. Hit a bomb the other day right-handed. I did see that. Yeah. Um, for young guys, I, I don't like the platoon. So but maybe if, maybe for like half a season. There's no young guys, so it's fine. For platooning? For a second. Uh, we'll tie France maybe. I guess. Uh, I don't know what his platoon splits are off the top of my head. But uh, I, I also I think they kind of know what Ty France is. I don't. Ty France isn't the 21, 22-year-old, 23-year-old that's coming up. Ty France has been around enough, and I think they know who he is. Same with Franchi Cordero. It's not his first Rodeo. shot at a – I was going to avoid saying first rodeo. I overuse that term <laughs> a lot. It's a great phrase, but I overuse it. Yeah, it's not Franchi's first rodeo. I think we know who Franchi is. And sadly, that's kind of an injury-plagued uh, lefty Potential guy. Potential would be amazing. Yeah, he's going to be the he's going to be the Ruben Rivera of this generation. Oof, don't say that. Who's just had all this potential and is never going to quite be able to put it all together. Just could not hit a curveball. No, knew a curveball was coming. He could have could have played on the Astros and still not been a player. Oh yeah, <laughs> he would just I would just sit on every curve if I yeah. were him. Just let every curve go by. So, are you okay with him being the lefty masher, hitting cleanup? I'd like him hitting cleanup versus lefties over Eric Hosmer. And, and move a Hosmer down the lineup, hitting five or six. Wouldn't you prefer that? You put him at in the four hole. Who else do you have to hit four? Okay, say lefty's on the mound. Who are you batting fourth? Yeah, Myers. Maybe. I don't hate that, but there, it's either I think it's either Dozier or Myers or whoever else you have. Um, well, if it's if France is playing second that day, or Profar, they're not. Probably hitting cleanup. But if Dozier is playing second that day, then I would probably hit him fourth or fifth. Okay. Or maybe stick Hosmer fifth and then Dozier sixth. Yeah. Kind of break it up a little bit. I can see it. They don't have a lot of – I mean the lefties that they have in the lineup, Grisham, Cordero, Naylor, um, who am I forgetting? Hosmer. Those guys are all really bad against lefties. There's no guy that you feel good about leaving out there against lefties. True. Speaking of Hosmer, absolutely raked over the coals this week. There was a huge thing on Twitter with Dan Zimborski, who is a friend of the show from uh, Zips and Fangraphs and ESPN. Nice. He was getting lampooned by uh, Chris and Gwen last week. And oh, kind of rightfully so, kind of rightfully unso, if that's a phrase. What happened? I was, you, did, you weren't paying attention to any of this? I was not privy to this. So I forgot the tweet that set it off. Let me – we're going to present a new segment called Ryan Reads. And it's – it was basically Zimborski just talking about how bad the deal was for Myers. And once he got going and people were kind of interacting with him on Twitter, he was kind of – he would start pushing back and defending himself and defending the stats and the analytics and kind of rightfully so. So I'll just read a couple tweets here. Uh the $144 million is gone, pissed away, thrown in a garbage can, and lit on fire. That money is spent and unchanging. The only question is, what is the best role for Hosmer? And it doesn't appear to be starting. So he came out and basically said Hosmer is not a starting caliber first baseman, which is kind of hard to argue against. I mean, so far, he's correct. Uh, yeah. Um, Zips projects that if he had been a free agent this winter, Hosmer would have gotten a one-year $8.3 million contract. Wow. That hurts. Flashback, Hosmer ranked 14th in F4 among Padres position players in 2018. So what did uh, Dan and Chris and Gwynn say? Uh, Well, I'm leaving out the tweet here. Let me read this one first. Eric Hosmer debuted in 2011. Here's a non-exhaustive list of first basemen who are ahead of him in F4 since 2011. Chris Davis. Ouch. Mike Napoli. Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder doesn't play, by the way. Neither is Napoli. And Albert Pujols. Matt Olson is ahead of him. Yeah, Oof. since Matt Olson and Max Muncie are less than a win behind, with barely one fourth the plate appearances. So one of the tweets that was kind of aggressive from Dan, which I think sent some people off, was um, I don't have that one saved, but it was along the lines of he should be sitting on the bench with splinters in his ass or something. Like it was kind of a kind of a crass tweet and some of the guys got defensive and it, I get it. Hosmer's our guy. He's our first baseman, whether we think he's necessarily good or not. 
And that, that one was just kind of a low blow by Dan, but also Dan was getting a lot of blowback at the time. So I'll defend Dan because it, it wasn't an out of the blue tweet as people were, people were coming back and interacting with him. And that's one of the comments he had. Also, this one's bad. Um, Hosmer came out and said he prizes RBIs like the 99 he collected in 2019. He does not want to change his hitting style that brought him to stardom so he can conform with the game's contemporary fads. Dan comes back saying that's not how a leader acts. Uh, Let me get the exact quote here from Dan. These are all over the place. Great reading. Well, luckily I'm going to get to cut all this out because I'm the, (laughs) I'm the editor. Oh, a real leader admits their faults. A real leader is accountable. A real leader leads by example and works on their flaws. A real leader puts their team above their preferences. Hosmer's attitude isn't leadership. It's cancerous. That's, that's pretty harsh too. Yeah. I wouldn't call it cancerous. I think he is a good clubhouse leader, but he's maybe not doing the things necessary to improve his own play. That doesn't make you a bad leader. That means he's just kind of behind where everybody else is on the analytics. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear about anyone in the locker room not liking him. No. And a clubhouse full of young guys, I'm sure a whole bunch of them look up to him. But at the same time, he's not, he doesn't seem to be on the same page with the rest of baseball. Uh, These things aren't fads. These are, we're, we're improving how we play the game as baseball. We're not, you know, pro baseball players, obviously I'm, I'm using the, we as the, the community, like we're all trying to get smarter about the game and figuring out how we should be playing the game. So you're seeing things like launch angle and um, you're seeing shifts on defense and you're seeing pitchers with sequencing and getting spin rates and like all this stuff matters. And it's good that we're learning more about the game, the more technology expands and Hosmer just seems to be not embracing any of it, which is the problem stuck in his old ways. Yeah. And he's working on, I mean, a line drive approach isn't necessarily a bad thing, but hitting down on the ball in today's game is kind of considered a bad thing. Uh, Especially with the balls that we're using today that fly further than ever. Now we don't know what the ball looks like this year. Further or farther? Both. (laughs) We don't, why aren't you hitting the ball more in the air? If you know the ball goes 10% further, farther than it have has ever gone before. It's just kind of a silly thing for him to be stuck in valuing things like RBIs. If he was a pitcher, would he care about wins too? Because that's, that's the same thing he's saying. He cares about RBIs as the four hitter. Well, you know what? Anyone can hit 99 RBIs from the four hole. Like Ryan Howard had one of the worst years ever from a first baseman. Albert Pujols has been having some of the worst years ever from a first baseman. And yeah, you put up RBI numbers because that's where you are in the lineup. That's kind of just what happens. You just have way more opportunities than anybody else. Yeah, there's a, you get more at-bats than people behind you. You're at the top of the lineup, and the guys in front of you are historically the best on-base percentage players on the team, so they're on base as often as they can. Fastest guys to scoring on singles. And yeah, it's all, it's all geared towards – it's like the middle linebacker racking up tackles. That doesn't make you the best tackler on the team. It's everything gets funneled towards you as the middle linebacker. Same kind of thing. You're going to have the most tackles on the team. You're going to have the most RBIs on the team. That's just how it goes. Right. And if you don't, something's wrong. Yeah. What did Gwen and Chris say? Gwen and Gwen and Chris. Gwen and Chris. Uh, Gwen was, or Chris was just like, who the, who the hell is Dan Zamborski? Like, look at this guy, but he's never played baseball in his life. Mm. And then my reaction in the car was to throw my hands up and like that. I hate it when people use that argument. Like, oh, he's never played professional baseball, so he can't say anything. That's just, that's a really lazy critique of the person that's critiquing someone else. Yeah. I mean, Chris and Gwen aren't really known for their spicy takes. No, this was a spicy take in the opposite direction for them. Um, I was, I found myself def- defending Dan a ton. So like, just cause you never played the game professionally, it means you can't comment on what s- stats and numbers and computers tell you about the game of baseball. No, he doesn't. Dan's been doing this for a living for a long time. All right, Wade. So with Men on base, Hosmer hit 285 with a 330 on base. It's not bad. The average is, is good, and the on base could could be higher. Uh, his numbers with runner in scoring position was actually really good, and that makes sense for a guy. I mean, your numbers with runners in scoring position should be a little better because it's a more stressful at-bat at for the pitcher. 
and they're worried about he's things got, like sign. Got more to focus on. Yeah, it's it's much harder on the pitcher with Being runners. Quicker to the plate. Yeah, there's so many more things that the pitcher has to worry about. But he hit 328 with a 385 on base. Now that's awesome. That's according to Baseball Reference. So anyway, good numbers from that cleanup spot, or not from the cleanup spot with guys just on base, and that's why you bat them clean up. But uh, let's get to the big story of the day. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Preller, year six. So this is the sixth full season that Preller will have had as the Potter's GM. He has never had a winning record. None of his international guys or draft picks have made a big splash yet. So... I'm thinking the guys that moved really quickly, Eric Lauer came up pretty quickly and Joey Lucchese came up pretty quickly. Lauer's already gone and Lucchese is fighting for like the fifth rotation spot. That's Quantrill the same, kind of fighting for that fifth rotation spot. No one else has done anything. He fleeced the White Sox for Tatis. He fleeced the Marlins for Paddock and should have gotten Luis Castillo too. And Colin Ray's medicals screwed that up. That makes me sad. He signed Colin Ray. Good question. Didn't he come back to the Padres? Is he playing handball in Germany? Maybe. He should, he's going to be on my German handball team later in the show. He signed Manny Machado. Cubs. He's on, he's on the – like in the minors? Yeah. Good for him. Other than that, so Tatis, Paddock, Machado, Hosmer. Preller's done really nothing to impact the major league club. And he's got some really bad moves – mixed in there with some of those good moves. So Hosmer being one, which we, I think all would agree that you would not do that trade or that deal again. Pretty much everybody from that 2015 class, which he, the the team that he tried to win with in his first year over here. And at the time we were all supportive of that. You, did you like what he was doing at the time? I think we all enjoyed it. Yeah. And even in hindsight, I'm glad he went for it. You know, none of the minor, he, he traded minor league guys that, that weren't part of his regime. And the only one that's kind of done anything since then has been Max Freed with the Braves and even him, he's been good, but you can, you can part with that for the, the chance to more like a relief role. No, he's going to be in the rotation. Okay. He's a good player, but th- if that's the only piece out of like the eight minor league guys that he traded, then you can, you can live with that. He tried really hard to sign Pablo Sandoval and he tried really hard to sign Yasmani Tomas. Do you know who either? Do you know who Jasmani Tomas is? Yeah, he's the Pablo Sandoval of left field, or he was with the Timebacks, and they were both terrible. And he wanted to give so much money to Sandoval. Do you remember when that was happening? Yeah. Oof. Oh, and did I mention he signed Eric Hosmer? And so let Bud Black go. Still hurts. He gave him a chance. I think he gave him a year, didn't he? No, I think he gave him a full year. We, we were like five, half a year. We were five hundred at the All Star break, and he let him go. And then Pat Murphy came in. Yeah. And then Pat Murphy left <laughs> right after that. Right. And then he hired Andy Green. Yep. And then Andy Green was terrible. We all hated Andy Green. And now, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is the biggest year for Preller, I think. And a lot of people might not realize it, but I think Preller is probably feeling the pressure in the sixth year because in your fifth season, your team that should have a solid direction by this point won 70 games. They just barely snuck into the 70-win club. You have to be above 500 this year. If he doesn't put above 500, he's gone. Or like very close at least. This is the year that – I mean his biggest claim right now in his whole rebuilding arsenal was the 2016 international class when it was still the Wild West of international signings. You could give any amount of money to any player you wanted. He gave – I think it was $11 million to Adrian Morajon. He gave $7 million to Jorge Oña. Um, He signed Gabriel Arias, Jason Rosario. Jordy Barley is not really panned out. Ronald Bolaños has come up. Tucupita Marcano. Tucupita. That's our guy. But none of those guys have come up yet. So it's it's been four years. And, you know, a lot of those guys are really young when you sign them. Adrian Morihone, I think, has a legitimate shot. We're going to talk about him later in the show. He has a shot to play in the minors or in the majors at some point this season. Probably the back end of the rotation. Maybe some spot starts. Uh, by the way, number one international player that year in 2016, Luis Robert. So the Padres signed pretty much everybody else other than Luis Robert that year. 
that's gonna we're gonna look back on that one and kind of regret it probably. My point, they have to start performing soon. Preller's free agency moves, 2015. We don't need to rehash all those guys. We were okay with it. Myers is like the one guy who's left over from that $20 million for the next three seasons. It's not great. I don't think it's that terrible though. It's not the worst, but I mean, he doesn't have a everyday position. He could. He started last year really hot. Do you remember that? He did. He was above 300 for the first couple weeks, at least maybe a month. He hated Andy Green. So I'm hoping, you know, this coaching change. And maybe once he settles in, in yeah, once he settles in is not getting, it doesn't look like he's going to get traded. I think maybe he relaxes a little bit once the season starts. Maybe actually starts liking California Mexican food. Uh, Don't get me started on that. So Preller's bread and butter so far has been fucking other teams on trades. That's kind of all he's done because he's been pretty good at that. He's been great at it. And he tries every time he does a trade, he's trying to fuck someone. So let's see what he does with the Brewers in that Trent Grisham deal. Maybe that deal works out. I'm I'm just not sold on Trent Grisham yet. I think he's getting too much benefit of the doubt when he's done absolutely nothing so far. But you look at Tatis, you look at Paddock, RIP Luis Castillo. That rotation would have been so good with him. Mejia undecided on that. Not trading Kirby Yates was a big move because I think at the time we wanted to trade Kirby. Were we pro trade Kirby or hold? Yeah, we could have got a lot. Undecided still if that was the right move. And let's look at his draft. And we're going to be looking at the first pick he's made in each year since he's been here. And he's, it's kind of hard to not be picking any impact players when you're always picking top 10. And we've looked at the Dodgers drafts recently and look who the Dodgers have been drafting. Not with, the not, top 10. not in the top 10 picks. And they keep drafting guys that are starting for them. Or the, the Potters are never above 500. So he's always getting good draft picks. And what's he been doing with them? So in his first year, he had not part of his control, uh, or maybe it was because um, of the free agency signings. He he lost his his first round pick, but he signed Austin Smith, fifty first overall in that first year. Has done nothing. Don't even know who he is. Twenty sixteen, he signed Cal Quantrill. Good signing. Eighth overall, first round. I think he's a solid pitcher. It was a it was a low ceiling. I think he's going to have a great year. High floor pick. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm undecided on Cal Quantrill. He she showed. Sp- Burt's last year that he, being great. he could be good. I don't think he's ever going to be great. He doesn't have an elite pitch, but people were asking if he was going to be the number one starter last year. Uh, yeah. Let's... Those people were me. Yeah. You're, you're the perfect representative <laughs> of overreaction Padres Twitter, who just gets really excited about any time anyone does has like three good, games. has like one good Puts game, three good starts together. Spring training. Someone hits a home run. This guy needs to be our right oh, fielder. We'll talk about that. I got, <laughs> I got a guy. 2017. He picked third. And he picked Mackenzie Gore, which was a great pick because that was the one where I think Preller showed his chops a little bit and avoided some other guys who could have been picked. And I'm thinking specifically of Hunter Green, who at the time, a lot of people projected as like a number one or number two pick. Yeah. And he ended up sliding to four to the Reds. And people were thinking, why didn't we take uh, Hunter Green at the third pick? But that one's going to work out really nicely. And I, at the time, was... Uh, Gore. Okay. I didn't know much about Gore. Honestly, high school pitchers, it's really hard to know a ton about them, but some prospect evaluators who I listened to really, really liked Gore and had him higher than three on their board. They had him at one or two. So that kind of tells you something about Gore at the time. And he's been, everything is advertised. 2018, Ryan Weathers was picked seventh overall. And then 2019, CJ Abrams was picked sixth overall. Love that pick. Abrams. Was the project pick. So you knew that he's really young and that he's going to develop slowly, although he has been developing quicker than we thought. Ryan Weathers, similar to that Cal Quantrill pick, it's just not not a sexy pick. Those were draft years where Preller was saving money in the first round going under slot to, to pay for guys later in the draft, in the second round, third round. Jake, they were getting Jacob Nix. They were going after Hudson Head. And the juice hasn't really been worth the squeeze yet with those picks. So you were saving money in the front in the first round. You didn't really get anyone that's made an impact so far. Kyle Quantrill remains to be seen. And then you're getting guys, you're paying guys over slot value later in the draft. And none of those guys have really panned out either. So what are we doing? The two really good picks from there have been Abrams and Gore. That's two picks out of the five all in the, all in the top. Well, not in the top 10, but Austin Smith is the one that was out of there. 
That one I don't mind. 2018. So when he took Ryan Weathers seventh, he missed Jared Kalenic by one pick, which made me really sad when I looked that up because Jared Kalenic is turning into a superstar when the Mets picked him and then they traded him to Seattle before he even played any games with them. Reminds me of Trey Turner. Oof. Passed on Libertor in that same draft, passed on Grayson Rodriguez in that same draft, and passed on Nico Horner in that same draft. And all of those guys, I think, are probably ranked ahead of Ryan Weathers at this point in the minors, especially Libertor, who's a top 50-ish prospect, I think, on most boards. Grayson Rodriguez, I'm expecting a really big year from him in Baltimore. He's going to be – he's already a top 100 guy, but I think as he moves up this year, he's going to be you know, one of the best right-handed minor leaguers in baseball. 2016 – when he took Cal Quantrill, these were the safe pick years. So he took Quantrill as a safe pick, missed AJ Puck by two picks, which makes me sad too, because he's going to be starting for Oakland this year. He's from Florida. He's really good. Passed on Matt Manning. That looks bad right now. Now Manning was a high school pick, so he's developing a little slower than Quantrill. But Manning is a top 25-ish prospect in baseball. He's He's nasty. He was picked one pick later. Missed out on Alex Kirilov, missed out on Forrest Whitley, missed out on Gavin Lux. And then he took Hudson Potts and Eric Lauer. Now Lauer was a major leaguer. That's a, Anytime you can draft a major leaguer, that's a good pick. But he passed on Carter Keeboom, who I think I think you'd rather have Carter Keeboom than Eric Lauer. So now this is all high. These are, it's really easy to play this game when you're going back in time. Like, oh, you should have picked this guy, obviously, this time. And Quantrill and Lauer are in the majors. It's hard to be upset when your your draft picks make the majors because the draft is so hard in baseball. But he missed out on absolute stars. So that, that just makes you frustrated as a fan when your GM, when you see the pick come in and you're like, oh, Eric Lauer, college pitcher, kind of a just a high floor guy. Cal Quantrill, same thing, high floor guy. You don't expect them. They were never projected to be stars. And when you're playing it safe and you're seeing stars get picked later, high school kids, Jared Kalenic, Gavin Lux, Forrest Whitley, Alex Kirilov, it's just really frustrating. Ceiling is the roof. Yeah. Well, the roof's out. When it's outside, it's a roof. When it's inside, it's a ceiling. Right. What are you, tra- what are you saying? Michael Jordan quote. Oh, was it? Yeah. What's the quote? Say it again. He said, the ceiling is the roof. He's not. Is he wrong? No. They're connected. Yeah. Art, he might have said the roof is the ceiling. Got to check that. <laughs> check, check his tape on that. <laughs> uh, so he's made some, he's made some fine picks. He's made some bad picks. He sh- I just think he's been overly cautious at the beginning of drafts. And in the first round, he's been cautious picking guys going under slot value. I've never liked him going under slot value. I'm on record. Go check the tape. It hasn't worked yet. And we'll see with Hudson Head. But he's been he's absolutely been missing on some of these picks. Quantrill, Gore, Weathers, Abrams all in a row is not bad, but it's not great either because none of these guys have been impact players yet. And it's been four years of drafts. 20, it was 2014, 2013, I think was Hunter Renfro was 2014. The Trey Turner year. I think it was, or was it Jankowski? No, Jankowski was much earlier than that. Jankowski is like 30 years old. Is he? I think so. Basically, what I'm saying is he. this is his sixth year. He has to have a winning season. Yeah, agreed. Gore and Abrams look like studs, but what? go after those guys in those other draft years. I, I didn't get that. So, uh, I mean, if he's out at the end of the year, some GM is going to be pretty stoked that they come in with just a stoked minor league system. Stacked. Stacked. And stoked, I and guess. stoked. I'm stoked. Yeah. It's We're just a little teaser here before we get out of here with this uh, side of the pod, but Baseball America organizational rankings since Preller arrived. This was a little thing I saw online. 2014, they were the sixth best organization. He comes in, guts the system. They were still 14th in 2015. 2016 begins the whole rebuild. He's at 2025 in baseball organizational rankings. The next year, 2017, moved all the way up to nine. 2018, moved all the way up to three. 2019, preseason, all the way up to one. And they've been graduating some guys and they their midseason 2019 was two. And I believe in 2020, this is not on the list, but I think they're I think they were two again or three. So anyway, very, very high. And that's with graduating guys every year. Like they're top guys, Tatis, Paddock, um, who am I forgetting? 
others. Arias is gone, but that's with graduate a, t- a bunch of their top guys, Josh Naylor, all top 10 picks. So, yeah, so that, I mean, fact is very impressive. I saw some people front. Some people were a little uh, disgruntled at Keith Law for having the – he just released his list. I think the Padres were fourth behind the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And it, Don't get too upset about those kind of things, fans, unless it's really egregious. I don't think that's too egregious to be fourth. And especially when you're promoting so many high-end guys like the Padres are every single year. The last couple of years they've been doing that. And this year they're going to be probably promoting Gore and maybe even Patino once you get that uh, – those 50 innings it's gonna be a steady drop next year. Yeah. They're going to, they're still going to be top 10 though, just because they're so deep and yeah. all those international guys, more hone may lose eligibility. Michelle Baez. These are all top 10 guys, but the thing is they can replace them. Um, they're just going to be a little younger than they have been the last couple of years. So wait, who have you liked so far this spring? I know not all the games have been on TV, which has been very frustrating. I have not watched one game on TV yet. So I've really only seen, Instagram highlights. I have them on at the office here and, and they're only on like every other day. The one that stands out to me, I think you know who I'm going to say, Jorge Onya. I was going to say Jason Vossler. Oh, that Jorge <laughs> Onya bomb was so deep. If he's healthy, he missed last season. He started the year in double A kind of for no reason other than I think his age dictated he should start in double A because he was struggling pretty much every other stop he was at. But sneaky old. 23 years old. I didn't know. I he, thought he was older. Which is weird because he signed in 2016 yeah. as part of that class. I thought he was one of those like trade guys. I didn't know where he came from. Got injured last year at the beginning of the season, only played in like 25 games, but was an absolute stud. And he was just 19 years old when they signed him from Cuba. He was a defector, gave him $7 million. He's always been really talented. Didn't really put it all together until last year. And then of course gets hurt and pretty much missed the entire season in just 89 at bats. He had five home runs hit 348 with a 417 on base. So dude can hit and he's getting compared to Fran Mill Reyes, obviously, although he's not as, he's not as big as Fran Mill. I think he's listed at like six feet. No, he's jacked. 225 was big. Oh, well, he is jacked. True. That's a, that's a big difference being big and jacked, but still poor defensively. This is why he gets compared to him. Poor defensively, strikes out a lot, a little more than 25% of his plate appearances so far. And that number you expect to go up as you you know, go to the higher levels of the minors and then eventually the majors. That could be an issue going forward. But the bomb he hit off of Tyler Malley, who's a MLB quality pitcher, is very – That was so far. Can, it's very uh, exciting to see that. And he hit it over that grassy knoll and left up onto the causeway or the walkway or whatever you call that. Um, the left fielder didn't even move. It was, it was a crazy home run. You don't. See, the only people that do that are Franchi Cordero and Fred Reyes. Manny has a couple of those. Mm, maybe, but Onya. So the, him in this group of youngish outfielders, him, Oliveras, and Trammell. And I guess you can throw Naylor in there too, because Naylor I think is sneakily younger than Onya. Yeah, I think Naylor's only twenty-two. Twenty-two-ish. It could be twenty-three. Don't know what all these guys' birthdays are, but. That's a that's a good little group of corner outfielders that could be knocking on the door if Myers gets traded or if Myers gets off to a really slow start or if somebody gets hurt. All of a sudden, you have all these guys that are candidates to play the corner outfield. Corner outfield is going to be tough. Other guys that are having a good spring so far. Let's talk about Taylor Trammell. I told you. He's getting some good run. He's going to make it. Pinch it today. Went 0 for 1. Uh, didn't see him bat. He's looked like vintage Taylor Trammell. And by vintage Taylor Trammell, I mean the 2018 Taylor Trammell or the 2017 Taylor Trammell. So the guy that shows speed on the base paths, I saw him score, or he went first to third on a play that I was really impressed with. Patient, spits on breaking balls in the dirt. I love it when a a, a big looping curveball and Trammell just watches it go straight into the ground for a ball. Love that. That gets me. That gets me going. I don't know why. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> the patience. I love a good patient at bat, don't you? No. Okay. I want first pitch dinger. Uh, you don't want first pitch swinging strike though, like Fam or any other guys that strike out thirty percent of the time. <laughs> All right. Well, I like the guy that takes a nice walk, and he's been doing that. So Saturday he was two for four with a walk. Thursday he was two for three, hitting four hundred as of Monday. 
Uh, very hard to judge spring numbers, but I'm just happy to see him looking like old Taylor Trammell and not the Taylor Trammell from the last year and a half where he's been pretty bad. And yeah, getting time up with the big squad, build his confidence a little. Yeah. Um, I saw a poll on Twitter. My whole, my whole timeline on Twitter is just pottery stuff because that's all the, the show's Twitter account follows and it gets kind of repetitive. I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, but, uh, most pottery fans, I forgot. I want to give credit to whoever put this poll out, but I forgot who it was. Um, most pottery fans see Trammell as a center fielder long term. Interesting. I think less than sixty percent, but more than fifty five percent, some somewhere in there. And I just think that's fans wishing he would be good enough to play center, but I really, realistically, don't think he could ever play center field. I don't think he's got the arm for it. I don't think he'll ever have the arm for it. I think left field is a perfect spot for him, and maybe move Fam. To write, although Fam's arm is concerning at this point, Padres don't have a DH, and Fam's only been DHing because he can't throw. What do you do with Fam if he can't throw? You just have a shitty defense. I'm a little worried about his his throwing shoulder. Like if he if he has to have Tommy John, he's out for the rest of the season. Right. Even though he's not a pitcher, it, he it will cost him pretty much the entire season. If you're a professional baseball player, do you ever consider trying to train your left arm to throw? Is, is it that crazy? Yes. I don't think it's that crazy. It's that crazy. Why? What else does he have to do all day? Just spend 20 minutes a day throwing with your left arm. No. Have you gone outside and tried to throw? When's the last time you tried to throw lefty? It's been a while. How bad did you It's look? not good. You look I can throw it. I can throw it straight. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. Or maybe you can, but like a lollipop. It looks ugly. But if I spent three months training, I bet I could throw a decent ball with my left hand. Absolutely not. You couldn't break 60 miles an hour if you had three months training. We're going to bet on this. Fine. Let's do it right now. All right. Give me till June 1st. June 2nd. I'll give you another day. Ah, June 2nd. That's yeah. uh, opening day of the Pacific Shore League, the league that I, summer league that I run. Nice. So we'll get- uh, Very easy day to remember. We'll get the uh, gun, radar gun out then. We've got a gun or we could do it at Petco if we go to a game. Yeah. The little kid section. I'll, yeah. Huh. I'll probably know- Pretty well enough, before, like a few weeks before then, if I'm going to hit 60 or not, just based on my training. Yeah, I'm going to make this happen. And what's what are the stakes here? I don't know. You tell me. How about if we go to we'll – we'll go to a game this year at some point, I'm sure. A Potter game. Hopefully more than one. If I – loser pays for the other's tickets and two beers at the game. Fine. Deal. Done. All right. We got our first bet of the year. And we're still recording. Love to, love to see it. Did we talk about Morion? No, we didn't. Uh, last guy I want to talk to, or damn it, last guy I want to talk about before we get out of here was Adrian Morion, who I think has a legit shot at making the back end of this rotation. And we we're talking off air, maybe not at spring training, because the rotation looks pretty full. It's you don't see him making it in the bullpen right off the right off. Right I think they want to keep him starting. On that starter schedule with a starter workload. So you see him in AAA or double A? Double A. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put him in AAA. Maybe you send him to AAA for a couple starts just for fun. But I don't think he spends any serious time in AAA. I think he could push Lucchese for that fifth spot pretty easily. I think he surpasses Cal Quantrill relatively easily. I don't know about that. You love Quantrill. I think he, Quantrill's good. He had a few weeks last year where he was a stud. But other than that, he has not impressed me very much. Morihone in his one in the third innings, had a walk, had a couple strikeouts, threw a lot of pitches. The fastball was kind of everywhere. I, I really like his arm. And I think from the lefty side, he is tough to hit. But him and so many other Padres are throwing 20 pitches per inning, 25 pitches per inning. And when the league average start, the league average Pitches per inning is 16. I don't think we can afford to have guys throwing 20 plus pitches every time. I and think you can with the way we've built our bullpen. Lamette is built like that. Lucchese. I mean, we talked about this last week. You only need our guy to go five, six innings with how stacked our bullpen is. It's true. I'm just worried. I'm not worried about getting to the sixth inning. I think they can all do it. I would just rather the pitchers not be forced to come out at that six inning mark because they've thrown a hundred plus pitches already. And it, there, those are... Hard, stressful pitches on the arm. I mean, you can't have it all. <laughs> no, you can't, but I'd rather them throw a few more strikes. So, I mean, the Padres built the roster knowing that they had pitchers that were going to do this. I think it's fine. You don't have to throw 100 pitches and then come out. 
you can you can throw through the through five innings 85 pitches and then come out and then you save your arm and you're in better shape the next time you pitch does that make any sense to you I guess, but I don't see it as a big, big issue. It's not a huge issue, especially because of the bullpen and so many options that they have. And if you want to give a guy a day off during the rotation, then you call up Morehill and then you call up Quantrill and you've got six, seven starters that you can use. That's not a problem either. So maybe that's a thing that Tingler does. And I'm sure they have a plan for all the starters into the season with workload and pitch counts and stuff. And especially the better guys like Paddock and Lamette, Paddock, who is coming off his uh, second full season from injury and Lamette, his, his first full season from injury. Richards is going to have issues too. Uh, I bet by mid season, we're not even talking about Richards anymore. Cause he's having his third Tommy John or whatever. Wow. Little face. Yeah. Went after him, but I was really excited to see what more home does. And I'm, I, I would like to, if this were a video game, I would just give more home the fifth starter spot right now. Cause that's the guy I want to see play. That's the guy that's most exciting for me to play with. Other than that, other guys were uh, Jason Vossler. How about him? I'm getting there. You want to you want to let me set you up first? I, was, I just wanted to shout out. My we're, boy. We're, we're getting in there. Bring her back a little bit. Other guys having nice springs. Wait, how about Jason Vossler? That's my boy. Shout out to him. Came over from Chicago. Northeastern alum. Northeastern Chicago Cub. Yeah. Lost to Chicago ties. I think he's you from. Remember, New- you remember that trade last year? Who could forget the trade in 2018 for Rowan Wick? I was so pumped on it. If you check the tape. So then Wick was a bad seed from day one and getting Vossler in here. I knew Vossler was going to be. He changed the culture. Yeah. Sneakily has hit kind of everywhere he's gone. Hit 20 home runs last year in AAA El Paso. I mean, everybody hits home runs in El Paso, but I like him as kind of the, the backup first baseman option. If for some reason Hosmer goes down, I mean, they have Naylor, they have Myers, but I wouldn't mind giving Vossler a chance. He's a little older. He's 25. Why not throw him out there? He's hitting 538 so far as of Monday. I could see him being like an average first baseman, kind of a, a yonder Alonzo type if you gave him 500 at-bats. I like I like Vossler. I'm all in on Vossler. I'm rooting for Vossler. And he only makes league minimum, unlike some other guys who make $20 million. Another four-time gold glover. Hmm. Yvonne Castillo returned from uh, the minor league for agency. He's had a nice little spring so far, too. Shout out to him. Signed him. He's, He's a little player. Yeah, he plays short, plays second, has a little speed. Can hit. I think he, uh, in double-A last year, didn't he lead the league in hits or something? Yeah. He had a really good year. He was He's on our... kind of stuck behind the Padres' depth. I'm surprised no one else took a flyer on him. Padres are deep. Newsflash. They have a deep system. Edward Olivares also... He's seven for 12 so far, hitting 583. He's one of those options. We talked about him and Naylor and Onya and Tramel. Corner outfield options, a plenty. I like it. Who would you give a job to first of that group? Fam goes down with the, let's say he has a shoulder injury. They give him a platelet rich plasma injection. That's hard to say. Uh, And he's out for six weeks. Tramel. Opening day, Tramel. Yeah. Not Naylor. Just oh. give the job to Naylor, maybe. I mean, I forgot Naylor was okay. Let's say, let's say Naylor is they're happy with Naylor as a bench bat, first base, outfield. You know, doing a little bit of everything. Um, okay, who do you call up then? So you still think it's Tramel? If it's we're just strictly outfield, that is another lefty. You're bringing up another lefty, though. You don't want to bring up another righty. Onya. Onya. Onya needs more time in the upper minors. He had a really good start to double A last year, and I get that he's 23. But I'd be okay giving him a little bit more time to to marinate in the in the high minors. Tramel kind of I think he needs to marinate a little bit too. Yeah. But I mean Is a bench bat? Because you you have Franchi there, you have uh Naylor. Naylor there. So maybe you don't need to bring up one of those guys. Maybe you bring up Vossler instead, who's a little older. But Vossler really only plays first. Yeah. Just as a bench bat. And then Naylor plays more time in the outfield. Cordero gets more time. And then just mix in Vossler as a pinch hitter once in a while. Send him down in a few weeks. And... Not Seth Mejia's Breen. Ooh. I don't mind Seth Mejia's. He's a wildcat. Yeah. Bear down. Don't mind him. Anyway, uh, those are the guys having nice little springs. Trent Grisham having a nice little spring. But again, show me – Trent Grisham, show me in – when the season starts, I need to see more from Trent Grisham when the season starts. So far, he hasn't he hasn't blown my tits off yet. I just need more from Trent Grisham. 
I'm not, I'm not ready to just hand over center field and feel good about it the entire year and close my eyes. I need, I need a little bit more. Anyone else we're leaving out before we get out of here? Not that I can think of. You want to talk about Taylor Schmell a little bit more? My boy. Okay. Yeah. It's a make or break year and he's going to make. He takes a lot of walks. I love that. Big walk guy. Yeah. Uh, anything we need to bet on before we get out of here? I mean, we got our 60 mile an hour bet. We do. I'm ice cold on XFL. I'm staying the hell away from XFL. I don't know what I'm doing. And then, other than uh, the LA, my LA Wildcats with Josh Johnson playing quarterback, former USD Torero, rooting for him. But other than that, I don't have any ties to this XFL. Did, did you even watch? I don't even really watch. I still have not watched one game. I always forget they're on. I'm just scrolling around on Saturday afternoon. I'm like, oh, XFL's on. It does get me to bet, to bet on things that I shouldn't be betting on. That's the only thing it's got going for it so i guess that's our bet for the the week that's going to be a a long-term bet and i'm going to throw 60 miles per hour with my left hand on june 2nd thanks for the free tickets and beer (laughs) thank you for listening please follow the show's twitter accounts at firefarm hands and if you enjoy the show subscribe we're on all your favorite platforms itunes stitcher google play TuneIn, spotify and iheart you can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. Don't you love that I get to edit my mistakes and leave yours in? That's why I don't even say reset. <laughs> I just keep going. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. That was Wade. I'm Ryan. Checking with you guys next week. Print the Cactus League Champ shirts. Shout out Palau. I thought you were going to do that. Oh. I That's why I bolded it for you. I don't even know how to say Palau. Palau. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pronounce that. So I was just looking at you and you had no idea what to say. And you just print the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Default. <laughs> print the shirts. Toward your destination. Though you may find from time to time. love that thing we need the other one to get the rally stick sound going in here do i have the other one i might not have kept two thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube